got some curvy carrots in my garden. Tell me, are you listening to? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Career Carrots, a podcast. I mean, what else would this be? Where we discuss building your career from the perspectives of a university student and a career professional. My name is Rob Kim. I bring the career professional perspective. I'm currently working as a career strategist in the Faculty of Land and Food Systems, which we call LFS, at the wonderful University of British Columbia. Thanks for stating that this was a podcast, Rob. I didn't know that. No problem. Um, my name is Vivian, and I'm here to bring the student perspective to this podcast. I'm currently a fifth-year nutritional sciences student in the faculty of LFS here at UBC, and I'm also a UBC WorkLearn student working as the LFS Mentorship Program Assistant in LFS Student Services. Vivi Lee, that's Vivi Lee. No. Uh, I want to acknowledge that we're on the ancestral, traditional, and unceded territory of the Musqueam people. Uh, we are privileged to be connected digitally to all of you and to be able to learn on this land. And we just want to recognize, again, how we have different ways of learning. And sometimes when we think about the traditional ways of learning, that's something that we don't necessarily think about. And I want to also acknowledge that in our podcast, I don't know if we do a good enough job of connecting to kind of the traditional ways of learning. It's something that maybe we're trying to be more aware of as we proceed. So. I was thinking, Vivi Lee, of, you know, in the work that we do, we're working with uh, students from a whole bunch of different years. And I, I, I was thinking, you know, there's so much learning that happens at the university level. It's such a big transition, like kind of duh, right? But I would like to maybe hear from you kind of what advice would you have for your 18-year-old self, your first year self, which is not that long ago, what would that advice be? Um, I think coming into university, there's always kind of like a big rush about thinking about academics. There's a huge jump. Well, I felt the huge jump of coming from high school academics to university academics. And I was constantly worried about my grades. And I never really put a lot of focus on maybe getting involved in extracurriculars. And I think that's something I wish I did, obviously getting involved earlier. So my best piece of advice, honestly, is like, click the email, take the time to research, to think about how you can get involved and find your community. Like, I know it's easy to get caught up in thinking, oh, I'm too busy for this. But even just taking the time to seek out the knowledge of what is available on campus, I think that would have been really beneficial for me in first year. Well, I mean... That's I, I like that. But first, everyone, you know, don't click any email, right? Watch out for the phishing emails. Um, <laughs> you know, looking back then, though, I mean, that's obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, what what would have made your eighteen year old self feel a bit more safer to do that, or like, what would it what would have been the thing to get you more involved, right? Uh, with you looking back, like, what was missing, maybe? Well, now, like looking back, it's easy to see how some of the initial positions and involvements I've been in have kind of led to other ones, maybe building upon previous skills and experience or just networking with people through these involvements. And so it's it's almost a knowledge of knowing that, like, I guess, like the earlier I started, like it, the easier it would have been to keep building on these things. Mm. It's like anything where like you see the reps that you've gotten and what has happened from that. So yes, then the the easy thing would to be then 
would be like, well, if I had just done this earlier, then I would be that much ahead, right? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that angle. And I also want to share with some of the listeners out there, like, sometimes it is what it is. Like, you got to where you are, it happened for some reasons. And it's so easy for for us to imagine that, you know, I would be much more ahead. But sometimes I think too, as well as like, well, at least I got it started. And maybe I needed that period of like not engaging or, you know, being disconnected in order to, you know, finally push myself out of my comfort zone, right? So like, there's sometimes we forget that we grow at different rates. It's just but I, I do understand that often, you know, I do that myself too, where, oh man, if I just had started and I want everyone to just always applaud yourself. Like, did you start? Yes. Then yeah, that's, that to me is fine. Like you, you started, you did it. Right. Um, I, I want to ask you, are you um, a first generation university student? Here in Canada? Yes, I am. What was maybe surprising in that first year for yourself? Like I always like hearing that angle because um, it resonates with me. I was first gen two here in Canada and I think people take things for granted quite a bit. So I'd like to hear from you. Like what, what was that like as a first generation university student? I mean, I think I just mentioned a bit earlier, but like how to me, how important my involvements and extracurriculars were. I feel like I've always placed a huge emphasis on kind of grades and academics but now you know where I am right now I'm not interested or I'm currently not interested in going to grad school or somewhere where I guess grades would matter more to me my grades don't really matter that much it's more of my extracurriculars and involvements I think that are going to be beneficial for me beyond university and so it was just not something I had really considered in first year how important kind of building these skills outside of the classroom would be and so that's, I guess, why I really didn't get involved or really take the time to even get the knowledge of what was available to me. Even if I didn't get started, I think it would have been really helpful for me to even know what was available to me on campus. Like, you know, even in the past year or two, I'll come across positions that I wish I had been a part of, but now they don't even exist anymore. Yeah, you know, I'm hearing a lot of different things in there. It's interesting, like, you know, that shifts from the grade focus to, again, your extracurriculars. And again, for people listening, we do want to acknowledge, like, the two of us are going to have high biases towards, like, UBC-connected experiences, because we've obviously done a whole bunch of things, and it's impacted the both of us. And I also want to recognize there's some of you out there, you don't have to be that integrated into your UBC like community as well. Like, sometimes you can do that in your own hometown, your own places i think i don't want someone to be listening to like well i'm not involved something's wrong with me it's like at the end of the day though it still comes to like what are some experiences whether it's connected to ubc or not i just think that for many of us because we're at ubc like these experiences are there they're there already created for students in mind and so why not try to utilize some of that so you don't have to do it all the time on your own? But I think it's important. I know plenty of people who just came here, got their degree, and then boom, they're out and and they're they're doing well. They're doing fine. So I think it's important to acknowledge that. In this case, we are again expanding still on how can again this UBC community be leveraged to help for career. So again, if you're was there anything kind of surprising then for you like again 
looking back in first year or? You know, I think the most surprising thing was the hiring cycles. Yes. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) You got me. Sorry. Keep going. I just like, that's, that's so, so big. I I never interrupted, but I just had to, it was like, oh my goodness, keep going, keep going. Thank you for the wake up call. (laughs) Oh man. The the blood is pumping now. Um, The hiring cycles. I remember, you know, the first time I applied to be an orientation leader for Imagine Day, which is the, the kind of one day event welcoming all the first years onto campus. The event is in September and I was writing my application and going through the group interview process for that in January and February. So almost half a year in advance for a one day event. And I just couldn't believe that. And so, you know, going back to obviously, you know, what I've kept repeating is just gaining the knowledge of what is available. If I didn't keep my eyes out for that opportunity all the way in January, if I had made the assumption that they would be only hiring a month or two in advance, I wouldn't have even been a part of Imagine Day. I've been a part of LFSUS, the Undergraduate Society, and the elections for the exec council happen, you know, mid, they open mid-February. I feel like when I was a younger student, it seems these opportunities start so far out, but the hiring cycles, the elections, they're way earlier than I think I would have ever assumed or anticipated them to be. Yeah, that's why I said such a big yes, because it's like, that's exactly, even though I went to school way before you did, that's exactly what caught me off guard as a first gen university students i didn't realize like you know talking about hiring cycles let's even just think about you know what i didn't realize in first year like your summer is actually quite a substantial summer right we're used to two months it's four months that's a pretty good full-time part-time job and i didn't really realize that people were lining up or applying for summer jobs you know january february i remember i was scrambling to get some a work like that last month i remember before summer came i was like oh my goodness i need a job and i remember a friend of mine his dad had this factory that i worked at in my you know one summer and then another summer again i didn't learn that then another summer i was scrambling and i ended up working at a go-kart track right for the summer so i always was kind of again taken aback like you about exactly how early it can happen and this is not to stress people out. It's more to make you aware. It's just in first year, you're still figuring things out itself, right? Like you're only halfway through the year. And all of a sudden, like you're thinking about second year. You're like, how can, like, what the heck? I'm not even done. And, but that you're right. The hiring cycle does happen earlier because the programming has to happen earlier. These things are not small pieces, right? So you know, I, I kind of learned that once I, became a residence advisor like the hiring cycle is like you know january february typically right or you will know by march sometimes like where you're going to be working or not right so that's kind of typical for many many opportunities here on campus but yeah you're so right it's it's just like <laughs> i just thought yeah a couple of weeks before right like can apply to these things or you know anyway yeah that 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 was hard when no one was really kind of explicitly telling me that that cycle i mean the the larger companies now they even have hiring cycles that start like september october right for their summer internship programs and that sort of thing so you'll see quite a bit of um, earliness happening 
one other thing that I think not surprised me, but I didn't think I really considered was that in high school, I only had a two month summer break and coming into university, it doubled like four months. I don't think I even realized how much I could utilize my summer, like whether, you know, for classes or experiences, like it never occurred to me that even getting a summer position part-time, full-time would be quite substantial experience for myself too. Because I'd never gotten, you know, such a long period of time, like technically off on vacation, I guess. Yeah. You know, looking back, it's a two-prong that four months for me was like making a lot of money, right? Saving up as much money as I could with full-time work. And then also, you know, getting experiences and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it is it, it is quite a big chunk of time. And so for some of people who are thinking like, oh, I need co-op and you know, co-op's competitive, but you can still create a pretty good co-op-y experience for yourself. Co-op-y, is that a co-op-y experience for yourself? <laughs> where, you know, that's like three summers of work, right? You know, that's, you know, that's 12, 12 months. That's, that's a year. That's, I'm doing some good math right now. And so, I think people forget about that. And it's a great way to kind of like test the waters on some industries and careers. Like you're not going to be pot committed. Um, And, uh, you know, speaking of courses, I mean, I loved taking the May, the May term because it's like short, it's a night class. So I was still able to work. I worked during the day and then would come to UBC for the night class. And I always like being able to take like one three credit course out of like the rotation, right? Like I could take four and five then in the upcoming year sometimes, right? So um, yeah, you, you you do get to do quite a bit with that four months. It's it's quite substantial. Do night classes even exist anymore, Rob? Like I've never... <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of the May ones are still like later in the evenings. I've yeah. never heard of, I've never heard of that. Really? You just dated. You just dated yourself. Come yeah. on. <laughs> well, no, because yeah, I remember like May would be like you know it would be like six o'clock or seven o'clock, and then the July August would be um, June a bit of June like would be like during the day where you'd have to come multiple days. And no, no. What what's the that term is... one term one like now? Well, it's just May to June, and then July to August. Thanks. It, Thanks. Well, Thanks. I don't, tips. I, I, May to June. Yeah. July <laughs> August. I don't know how am I supposed to answer that question? Why did you just say question? it's in the summer? It's in the it's, summer. It's oh two. You have the four months and they're split oh down the middle into two months. And then it's two terms at UBC. Well, imagine if we could just maybe look this up on some sort of source, but we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. Okay. So I guess on the topic of hiring cycles, Rob, you've worked centrally um, in the Center of Student Involvement and Careers, and now you've worked in the faculty of LFS. What what does the hiring look like on the UBC side, I guess, as a hiring manager? Well, again, um, it's kind of tricky because, you know, you, you need your break, right? Your winter break. But then when you come back in, that's, you know, January, February is a really kind of busy time. Like I'm always, if, you know, if I was a student, I'd be almost a little suspicious if I wasn't like almost hearing anything or thinking to apply. So I think, um, you know, I love what you said about just clicking the email. So for instance, LFS students, hopefully you start really looking at the newsletters. If you're in the mentorship program, you're looking at the the Canvas module, uh, the announcements. I think of like using Instagram as a way to curate opportunities to come across your way. Uh, Twitter, not many of you use Twitter, but you'd be surprised how many like different departments or centers at UBC use it. So really, again, you'll 
you know, that's where I maybe would even suggest a little bit of the end of your winter break. And especially like maybe that first week before you come back is, you know, just working on some of your resume um, documents, car method, these sort of things, like challenge action result, like just doing a little bit of that work. So you're ready when those deadlines come. So, you know, so for instance, like our colleagues um, at the, the UBC Welcome Center, is it Welcome Center? Tours? What? What's the actual official name? I should know is that. Just student get mad services? At me. UBC Student Services? No, no, like the Welcome Center where they do the tours. That's a really cool job. Like uh, the UBC Student Ambassadors. That closes on January, I think, 11th. And so, I mean, you can Google it. And what a great job to apply for. You're actually doing presentations, connecting with families that are busy on campus, basically leading the tours. You know, Kristen Molstad and her team is a great great staff to learn from, right? So that's an example. But, you know, again, when you're thinking about the orientations, they'll be doing hiring like UBC Collegia, UBC Rec, UBC Housing, like it goes on and on and on. Uh, we should give a shout out to peer programs too, right? That's a volunteer program where, again, LFS ACE team's part of that, but we have central uh, peer programs where, again, those I think those postings are going to be up in January. It shifts around for a little bit from year to year. So surprisingly, there are quite a bit of opportunities. And then we didn't even talk about maybe later in the year is WorkLearn. WorkLearn summer positions usually go up in March. Um, so you can see it's kind of hard to juggle when you're a student, when you're in the classes and dealing with the exams. So that's why I would always maybe try to work on those documents a little bit. So then you're kind of ready to apply. Yeah, I definitely remember spending like winter break writing cover letters and resumes. I was oh, not happy about really? that. That's sad. That's sad. I know, Rob, yeah. but I didn't want to come back and have to juggle that along with classwork and assignments. Mm -hmm. So, dear Santa, oh, wrong, wrong kind of letter. <laughs> was it that one? So yeah, it 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 is hard, but I do sometimes suggest it just to do a little bit, right? Because you're right, it's a real pinch point when you're you know, let's say third week of January, that's like you're kind of really in the swing of things for your classes, right? And a lot of students, um, you know, many first-year students at that point are, uh, you know, the receipts have come in, right? Like the term one receipts have come in. And so now it's like, that's where, again, it's counter. A lot of people are getting focused on their grades and rightfully so, right? To make sure that they can promote and get through first year, but in many ways, people start doubling down even more on studying and then forget about some of these application processes. So, you know, just to be aware of it. Again, the other thing I always think about, if you're like, oh, I wonder if, right? Like there's this exists. It probably does at UBC. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if there's a role that does this, or I wonder, you know, if there's something that attends to this. There most likely is. It just means you have to do the work. Yeah, it it's even helpful. I mean, something I did last year was even just taking some of the time during the break to take a look at all the deadlines and just putting them out on a spreadsheet. Yes. I had like I had like a tracker on Notion, mm -hmm. just outlining kind of all the positions I'd maybe be interested in and just when their deadlines would be. And then when I was writing my cover letters for these, you know, a lot of these had very tight deadlines that were close to each other. Honestly, I would just kind of reuse my like not reuse my cover letter, but I was my no, cover letters were very similar. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Because all the deadlines, you know, orientations, there's many positions there that you could totally yeah. kind of 
you know, borrow your <laughs> some of your old cover letters from. So that was something super helpful for me. It's like while I had the time, wasn't busy with classes, mm-hmm. just understanding when my deadlines would be and kind of mapping out, you know, the three, four months of term two and taking a look at when I would need cover letters if, you know, it was feasible to apply for some things like that. I really like that, uh, those suggestions there, Viv. And for people listening, sometimes if you're like, I only have 10% energy. Well, if you spend that 10% of energy on the job search, that to me is great. That's like 100%, right? You know, that's all you can do. So even just organizing the deadlines, if that's all you can do, that's still to me so much more helpful, right? The next time you need to go back to it. I, I love that and putting that dates in. You know, and you mentioned the cover letter kind of strategy, like shout out to our other work learn student, uh, Nadia, who like talked to me about, she actually kind of for work learn thematically looked at these roles, like similar roles, and then was able to use kind of one cover letter as a basis for like three of these ones and five of these ones. And so that's exactly kind of what you're talking to. And yeah, it's just developing efficiency and, and some strategies around that. I mean, at I also look at it is you're just learning what it means to have a career because when you are working, there's never a perfect time to job search, right? Like there's always something. So, you know, I always kind of joke, like my, you know, I always remind people like life always interferes. Jurassic Park is a life finds a way, but you know, life always interferes, meaning like we always go to, Oh, when, I'm done this or when the project's handed in, then I will. And it, 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 the challenge here is actually to practice getting your reps of, okay, how do I actually do a efficient, effective kind of cover the resume when I only have like a day turnaround, we have to let go of that perfection. Cause that's often what's going to be happening later on when you're applying for jobs too. Yeah. I, you know, the pinched points, it's rough, especially for work learn. I remember applying for work learn in March, like you're doing midterms, you're getting ready for finals. And now you're telling me yeah. I have to like write a cover letter, prep mm-hmm. my resume, prepare for the interview. Exactly. Um, so even just having these dates like on your radar, so you're prepared for them if they come up, is just helpful. Cause otherwise it's you like, you find the job posting and then it's like, oh my gosh, I have four days to crank out a cover letter and a resume for this. Yeah. The easiest rejection is not applying right and so you're right if you miss those dates like i've had in the past where like there's a job and then i like missed the deadline right and then it's done right like you can't apply to that and you know you can't assume that these positions or roles are going to be there again like things change right so you're right i really like that idea of putting that into your calendar putting it being mindful but yeah it is a it is a tough time for that work learn that goes out and you know look at what happened to you you got you you had to like settle on this job and you know you're regretting it every day. I know, tough. I've just not had peace since May, Rob. Yeah, I mean that's kind of your fault for saying yes, really. I'm going to blame you. All right. So we talked a little bit about, well, not a little, a lot about kind of like uh first generation kind of that perspective of like that early hiring cycle. So to recap, um you know, again, it's maybe just entering some deadlines, being a little bit aware, not deleting those emails, like, you know, reading some of them over, even though sometimes it's like hard newsletters, again, shout out to Melody and everyone else who's contributes to that. Like there's, there's some great stuff in there, right? So wise, wise Vivi Lee, 
for those of you who know, Vivi Lee actually has a motto, right? Her her catchphrase is, you can't V what you can't see. So it's like, you know, beautiful motto. They just motto. get worse and worse every <laughs> single motto. time. With and every we'll, single iteration, you're... We'll be, we'll be releasing merch very soon. So watch for that link. It's going to be just amazing Vivi Lee merchandise. But anyway, Vivi Lee, what's the takeaway from today? I mean, my biggest takeaway is... I feel like it's just a repeat of pretty much the themes of that's happened. This <laughs> yeah. entire, I mean, <laughs> it's just taking the time to seek out the knowledge of these deadlines and these programs and experiences, even if you don't act on them, just having them on your radar is so helpful because, you know, when you have the time to act on it or in the future, you're thinking, mm-hmm. maybe I'd be interested in doing this. You have knowledge of it. And so just taking the time, clicking that email. Like I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with reading the newsletters. I remember when it, it happened weekly, like I was on that every week, but just, you know, reading that canvas announcement, reading the email, figuring out when these deadline deadlines are, even if it's just on your radar, even if you don't actually pursue it, at least you have the knowledge for it in future years, maybe to pursue it, if that's something of interest. Yeah. I like that. Flagging it the potential next year or even asking, what is it that I need to build on to be even more of a uh, candidate, right? Like a, a better candidate for that cycle. That That's good to do too, right? Like, yeah, just it's not necessarily over if you miss it. I think it's a little bit harder when you're in like your last year because, you you know, you can't do that thing the next year. So, yeah, for, you know, especially some of the first second year students, you know, take some courage to apply to these things and, we didn't even talk about the rejection piece, right? Or not getting it. Um, so I do want to acknowledge that. But again, looking at these as little reps to practice, again, some of your career documents is big. Um, I My takeaway is, because you're not going to ask me, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> um, my, my takeaway from today is what? It's just trying to recognize like, I don't want people to go away just planning everything, you know, to the, down to the last minute. But it's just more like, hey, just looking at the cycle, looking, you know, four to eight months ahead in terms of just opportunities and kind of flagging that. Just that's it, right? Like, at least you become aware or start seeking out those things. I think uh, that would have just been helpful advice if I had in first year. Like, hey, Rob, I know it's January, but... You might want to just start thinking about potential summer to September involvements. Yeah, that would have been helpful just for me to be like, rather than like, who? Like, you know, like, yeah. what? I really felt like that for like two years, two, three years. Like, what? What do you mean? Uh-huh. And like, and again, if it felt like everyone else was doing things, right? And that's not everyone, right? It's a few people. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's a great place to end off, everyone. And so <laughs> just want to say thanks for listening again. I mean, we, you know, we didn't even say that we just, this is the start of the part two of season two, right? We're going to be having a collection of uh, another five episodes and we're really excited for some of the guests we're going to be bringing on in the next while. Uh, so we have, stay tuned for that. We'll be talking to a few people that are both mentors, but also working um, and getting a bit of their insight. So we're Really excited. And that way you, you hear less of me and Vivi Lee as well. So remember, this is Rob Kim signing off. Uh, you can't be what you can't see. V- Vivi Lee with your catchphrase now. 
Oh man. What 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 was my catchphrase? You you have too many. Now you see now you see V. Now you, now CV, now now you, you don't. don't. Bye. Career Carrots season two is brought to you by the letter A. It's edited and produced by Vivian Lee, Vivi Lee. The intro music is provided by Missy D. Follow Career Carrots on Instagram. That's where you'll find all resources referred to in the podcast. Check the bio for the links. UBC's Career Center offers up free career advising as well as a host of great career webinars. Go to UBC Careers Online to sign up. Rob's Makeup and Hair by Rob. And all opinions on the podcast are the co-hosts own and are not the views and opinions of UBC and the Faculty of Land and Food Systems. You can't be what you can't see. Career Carrots, signing off.